Working with and developing a teaching team as well as a creative team. What is that file folder called buckets used for? What does it mean to be installed as a pastor? Am I a washer dryer? What's it like to go through an 18 month succession process where you walk into rooms and they're talking about you? And how long does it take to preach through Galatians? Today on the podcast, we have Eric Wakeling, the next senior pastor at Calvary Church, Santa Ana. Hey everybody, welcome to the Teaching Pastor Podcast. I am in the very plush office of Eric Wakeling uh, here at Calvary Church, Santa Ana. Now, what do they call you now, Eric? Because you've just gone through a succession plan. Tell me a little bit about that. That's true. I was called executive pastor of ministry, but lately we've been jokingly saying senior pastor elect. Senior pastor elect. Okay. <laughs> yes. So it is, and it is the it is that time between they voted on you as the senior pastor in November, right? That's right. And th- and then you're going to be sworn in, so to speak, or commissioned, or exactly. however they call that. Um, and they're going to do that in. Yeah, February? February. February 4th will oh. be the installation service. Installa- so you're going to yeah. be installed. Yes. Kind of like a washer-dryer. I mean, that's <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, well, just I'm, I'm going to go down to Sears and pick myself up an Eric Wakeling. Uh, well, so so how has that process been? I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been a big process because it's been about the last year and a half been interviewing, and it's interesting to interview at a place where you've been for 16 years. So you've right? been here for 16 years. Correct. In what capacities? So I actually started as the junior high pastor, then moved into a student ministries pastor role, and then about 10 years ago became this executive pastor of ministry, mm-hmm. overseeing all the ministries of the church, part of the teaching team at that point uh, in the main services. Yeah. And then here we are now. Yeah. So, so you saw youth ministry as a total stepping stone, huh. right? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's no, like the one thing that all youth pastors say, like, it's not a stepping stone. Well, I was, I would call those guys sellouts. Oh. So I was, I was full on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's been good. But so yeah, I've been in this year and a half uh, interviewing process. And then uh, we announced the elders voted over the summer mm-hmm. and then announced September 3rd to the congregation. And then the vote, not till November. So right. we had this few months of, you know, Q&A events yeah. and meeting with people and preaching to the congregation yeah. and having everybody look at me in a different way. So how, and that was, of course, very relaxing <laughs> and uh, no, you know, no problems. No, obviously that, that is a, that's a quite a skill set that you had to develop. And uh, so what was that like? I mean, family, the whole thing under the microscope in the fishbowl. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, definitely an interesting season to have where you've got just tons of people that are thinking about you and talking about you. And I'd walk in on conversations that people were having about me. Uh, and it's all leading towards the vote and, right. and all of right. that. But at the same time, in a, in a real um, down-to-the-heart way, yeah. it was a season where I was able to truly seek the Lord and to see Jesus first and to seek him first and to keep my eyes fixed on him. I feel like I actually know what that verse means now. Uh For me, it was to keep my eyes on him and not, you know, the opinions of people. And I think uh, even one of our elders called that season, uh, they called it two-a-days, you know, that prep season Mm -hmm. where, hey, all all senior pastors go through critique and experience you know, comments and critique from people. So this is preparing you for that. Yeah. That time. And we, Kelly and I came to the, to the, where they announced that you were the candidate. Yeah, yeah. And we were just struck at just how thoughtful the whole process had been. And having seen some examples of churches where succession wasn't talked about, and then, 
just a lot just problems then ensued but there was such an intentionality with Dave Dave Mitchell the senior pastor right. and the elders and you all and I just thought that it was a very um well just a very healthy process so kudos to you and the church and um awesome I think it's going to be a great season looking forward to it and I joke about you know all these things but I really do feel like God is doing a great thing here so all right well let's Thanks. get to enough enough with the uh, the <laughs> fanboy stuff um <laughs> Uh, so tell me a little bit, you guys, I know before we get into the, kind of the teach, well, you're going to be changing your responsibilities. Correct. And so how much in, as an executive pastor, were you teaching and preaching a year? And what is that going to move to now that you're in the lead role? Right. So I was teaching about once a month, okay. maybe a little bit, 12 to 15 times a year. Uh, and even we had two different style of services. So for a long time, I was only teaching in one service even though it was one of our main services, we would have different teaching pastors. So in the last year, I've been teaching in both and just about once a month. But in the new way, I'll only be, still only be teaching. My plan is to speak about half the time. Okay. So 50% twice a month, something like that, plus doing all the, the major holidays, you know, Easter and Christmas, right. things like that, where I haven't been doing those. Okay. So uh, you'll be the, you'll now. be the new face of Calvary. <laughs> I suppose yeah. so. <laughs> Uh, and so who will do the other 50% then? Yeah, so we have uh, a teaching team currently that we've had. So there's a couple other pastors that are part of our teaching team, a couple guys named Matt Doan, Matt Davis, Doug Brown, and then Dave Mitchell, who's our current senior mm -hmm. pastor. So those guys will rotate through the other 50% of the time. Okay, well, that sounds... So you're going to... Are you? What's your ultimate goal? Like what, when you kind of get into your groove, do you want to stay at the 50%? and spend the rest of the time thinking about vision because I know that kind of you're a very strategic leader. Right. Um, or are you looking to get up to like 60, 75? Like what is your, what's a good healthy spot for Eric Wakeling? Yeah, so I think a good healthy spot for me is is about 50%. You know, it could bleed a little bit more, but I'd actually like to keep it around there. Uh, I wanna be that primary voice for Calvary mm -hmm. and, and as well as the services where I don't preach. Um, talked about where I'll do the, the, the benediction, the closing moment and, mm -hmm. or some other moment in the service where I'm keeping vision moving forward. Yeah. But I think for me, I want to uh, spend a, a good amount of my time on strategic leadership and vision casting and developing people and, yeah. and that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does seem like, you know, kind of the gone are the days, if you will, of the, you know, the Chuck Swindoll, not that Chuck's still with us, but, well, but yeah. kind of these yeah. one monolithic voice, the one the one preacher who's going to do, you know, 47, 48 a year, mm -hmm. um, it does seem like uh, congregations, their ears are open to hearing more voices. And yeah. so I love the idea of a team. I love the idea of mixing it up. I love the idea that you can show up on a Sunday morning, not know who it's going to be, and still being like, no, this is my church. Right. I think there's something really healthy about that. Yeah, and that's that's also part of what we've wanted to create is a health that we are a church body, we're a family. It's not about the yeah. person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, so there's a couple things that I want to hit before we talk about your kind of the Eric Wakeling secret sauce, <laughs> um, and that first is um, you've spent a, a good amount of time like going to Turkey, going to Israel, doing some travel, yeah. Holy Lands, Steps of Paul, stuff like that. Um, how has that been for your study, for your preaching? Like, just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it has very much so transformed the way I 
see the Bible the way I read it and can imagine, you know, what what's happening in that in that narrative or story. I just love it so much, and it's helped me to also, I think, not uh, make maybe some mistakes that I might have made. I'm not even sure if I can nail them down yeah. right now, but just to be able to understand why and how that story took place when it did. So, yeah, I've been to Israel something like six times. Oh, jeez, Turkey I, once. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. We got another trip planned for November 2018. Okay. Uh, so looking forward to that. And I think that, and so what we've also done is develop then just some good Evernote files. So using Evernote and having different um, files set for each location. Okay, yeah. And so then we, you know, we take a bunch of notes while we're there. Every yeah. trip I'm getting new stuff and then have gotten some great stuff from uh, even this organization that we've used that helps us. Yeah, do who, do, who do you go with? So it's called GTI. Right. Uh, it's run by a guy named Rich Ferreira. Yeah, They've Rich. Also, yeah. Rich, great guy. <laughs> he is. He's a great guy. And they're connected with Ray Vanderlyn. They've been part of, if, if people have heard of Ray Vanderlyn or seen some of those videos of, of what he's done. And so it's got that, that influence of really getting yeah. into the land. Is there a spot, is there a place, one site that when you think about Israel, obviously every site is awesome, but is there one site that you get totally pumped up to go to or to teach at or that has really illumined the text for you in a big way? Yeah, I think it's typically it's the region of Galilee. The region of Galilee is incredible, but I love we we take this hike up a little cliffside, a mountain called Mount Arbel. Yeah, the Mount and of Prayer. Yeah, yeah, Jesus went up on a mountainside to pray. And so we go up there, and it's a good hike. It's it's a little bit difficult for some, but it's great. And you get up to the top, and you can look out, and you can see Capernaum, and you can see the Sea of Galilee. You can see, you know, the Decapolis on the far side, and yeah. to be able to look out and just spend some time in prayer there. I mean, yeah. that's take, it's awesome. Take I, me back now. You know? I know <laughs> it is. It's, I remember on that hike, and one of these college students was asking me, "So, Craig, what can you tell? What can you tell me about this?" And it was like my first trip, yeah. and I was like. Well, Jesus used to live right here. Like, use your imagination. It's awesome. Yeah. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that yeah. is kind of, you stand on that and you think, this is where Jesus would have prayed yep. before he chose his 12. Yep. Looking down on the life of these fishing villages down below, you can see Magdala and Capernaum yep. and Bethsaida and Chorazin. You can just see it all. And you're like, Jesus saw this. This was his view. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, so good. And I love, the other thing I love too is I've got this picture. It's one of my favorite pictures, but I'm standing on the hillside that where they think somewhere nearby there, Jesus would have given the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And I'm holding the Bible and reading the whole, I read the Sermon on the Mount and we're all sitting with mustard seed just growing up all around us. And so, you know, you've just got all these visuals popping in your head. And it's just a beautiful. Place. Oh man, yeah. so good, yeah. so good. All right, um, so the uh, let's just, so let's talk a little bit. Um, let's get into the Eric Wakeling, uh, the sauce. Let's okay. let's cook. Let's do some cooking. Sounds good. Um, so you, um, there's always this very human way that we get from from passage to message, and so um, so when you think about your your own time. Um, particularly here at Calvary, mm -hmm. time when you decide, hey, this is the passage that we're going to preach or I'm going to preach on to, to, the, um, to the actual message. Like, how much time is that? What, is, what are you doing? Like, what are your first steps? How does team fit into that? Mm -hmm. Like, give me a sense of uh, where that happens. Do you, let's just start with this. Where, where do you do most of your, your prep? Do you like the office? Um, do, you, do you like the coffee shop? What do you do? Yeah, so for my personal prep, I like the office. 
for my week to week kind of prep. I actually really like to just use my office. I'll cover the window of my door and just get into it here. I don't like music. I don't, I want as silent as I can get it. Yeah. So that's why the the coffee shop thing sometimes hard for me because I get pretty, I actually get distracted by all the sights yeah. and sounds. Yeah. So for me, I like the office, but really what we do, I think what's different maybe about what we do is even it's so much is done before the office. Part. Really? Yeah. So we get together in team at an offsite location, which is usually we'll find somebody's home in the congregation and you know, there's different people that'll have some nice spot that we can go. Mm-hmm. And, and who's we? Uh, okay, so yeah, there's, there's this teaching team of those right. guys I mentioned, mentioned earlier. Before. Those five of us will typically go off and meet in someone's home. There's like even somebody that's got like a nice house down by the beach, and we'll just get together there and then talk through series. So if we're gonna be doing a new series, we do that. Uh, we've done some research separately, but then we yeah. come together. So we're, and we'll talk eventually get to Galatians. You guys did a Galatians series. Yep. yep. So let's. So how did that work? Okay. So like. For the Galatians series, yeah, where, where we decide, like, how do we even get to Galatians? Why? Uh, we actually have this running uh, running document that has all the, the books that we've done or the okay. topics that we've done over the course uh, of the last even 15 years. Wow. And just kind of thinking through uh, whether it was topics or books. And we even list all the books of the Bible on that document. Mm-hmm. And then with some strike throughs on the ones we've done. And then you can kind of see because we're pretty expositional, I think, in the way we teach for the vast majority of the time we're going through a book. Mm-hmm. I say, I say chunk by chunk rather right. than word by word. Right. But, um, and then, and so we want to have a good balance. We really try to seek a good balance, not just all new Testament or, you know, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So when you guys sat down with Galatians, how did you, how long did you think, okay, Galatians is going to take how long to make it through? Yeah. And so that usually ends up being a pretty good back and forth because, you know, some of us are like, Hey, let's do this with, three verses per sermon, you know? And then others are just, well, let's nail this whole thing in five talks. Yeah, I'll do or, the whole chapter. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And so um, it's it's a good, healthy discussion, I think. And so we try to, um, what we do is actually we kind of split out and say, hey, let's do some work. Let's um, read through it our own selves and how, how we would break it down. Let's consult some of the commentaries and how they've chosen to break it down. So you're preparing individually before you head into this meeting. Uh-huh, exactly, exactly. Or we'll even say, hey, for an hour, let's just separate, come back together and talk, yeah. that kind of a thing. And and then it, sometimes, as much as we might not want to admit it, the the actual calendar plays into it as well. There, hey. I don't know how you avoid it. I mean, you <laughs> right. have Thanksgiving's coming, Christmas right. is coming, there's Easter, you're, you know, you're right. not going to preach on Galatians three right on Easter morning right and exactly and that's where we want to we also you know we start new things we kind of go with the school year calendar I'd say okay. more than the the annual calendar so we try to start something new in September I think most people's lives are in that rhythm a bit you know so something for the fall and yeah. Christmas and then something later so how many yeah. messages did it take to make it through Galatians if you remember Oof. uh Man, I, I don't know if I can remember. Or time, but, like the yeah, it was about with a break between. Um, it was basically Easter to August. To okay. The end of August. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Several months, five months, or yeah, something like that. So that's we fair. broke it down pretty well. Yeah. And did you have did you have an overarching theme that you were trying to to, to nail every time, or 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 was it like, hey, go to your silo and um, and figure this out? Now it was a bit of a overarching theme because you have this 
this sense of okay, how do we how are we not ruled by the law? You know how this whole thing of of grace and law and and what's you know what's going on with that? We're really trying to help people understand how to, can they live by the gospel, not just be saved by the gospel, but live by the gospel. So you're you're saved by grace, but you live by grace. Now you don't just live out the law. Yeah. You know we I think a lot of us can tend to know that we're now that we're not saved by our works. Right. You, you can get there pretty quickly, but I think that we we really still deep down think that we please God by our works. Right. You know, God accepts us because right. of our works. Justification by faith, but, but sanctification by works. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's so and even the, love by works. This, you know, this thing of God loves us because of our our works. Huh. So, I think we tried to break that. That was this, I mean, it's okay. such a through line of Galatians. I mean, we almost felt sometimes you look through a, a whole text of a whole book and you yeah. think Oh wow, we're gonna we're gonna repeat ourselves a bit, aren't we, over the course of these weeks? <laughs> you know, and and trying to make sure that, especially in a team environment, yeah. that we don't just preach the same exact sermon while still being faithful to right. the text. Right. Okay. So so yeah. let's go back. So you yeah. when you when you're getting into uh, Galatians and and whatnot. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your training. You are yeah. Um, you are a Talbot guy, but you're also a Fuller guy, and you're collecting degrees, from what I understand. I don't know what how exactly that works. Like, so tell me, yeah. you know, where are you? A, where are you an alum of, and right. uh, and how does that affect your uh, your your prep? Yeah, so I describe myself as a Biola Talbot guy because I'm a Biola undergrad, been in typically churches that would probably be considered more conservative over the course of my years. So Biola undergrad, Christian education um, major and then into a Talbot degree. Okay. And so then uh, then I collected degrees from Cal State Fullerton that were more leadership-based okay. uh, as well. But yeah, in recent years just felt, you know, I did, my, I did my undergrad and grad school while being a junior high pastor that thought he knew everything already. And I was just trying to get my paper, you know, get my piece of right. paper, right. get out. You know, does that mean you'll think of me legitimately, or if right. I get fired from this job, I can actually get another one? Checking a box, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I Checking have a degree. A Check the box. Yeah. Right. And then I think, man, you know, almost twenty years later, I thought I think I've been a lifelong learner kind of person, but I would love to go back and take some of these uh, more theological classes, or even some of the ones I might have skipped over. Didn't do the languages early on. Wanted to do languages. So that's why I went back and yeah. doing the MAT at Fuller. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So what yeah. are what are your what is your relationship with um, original languages? And of course, and I, there's lots of ways to access original languages, right. and, and software is, and websites have been a great help in that sense, um, or even using multiple translations to get at kind of the more is, the more significant issues in a text. You can right. do that. So how are you accessing original languages uh, these days? Yeah. So. I do have some actual training in Hebrew, not in Greek, which is usually opposite of most people. Uh, but uh, you know, gonna work on it. But over the course of the years, um, yeah, I've used some different different software resources. I actually have the whole Logos thing. Okay. But I don't ever use it. <laughs> that might be crazy, and people are probably jealous and upset by that. But. Um, I yeah. What, I just, what, what's the what is the the hang up with that? I mean, I guess because. Bible software for for pastors is is kind of 
you're you're gonna have to have some kind of thing. Yeah. But what what's the hang up with uh, with Logos or um... for me? And this is you know like hopefully the representatives are listening. <laughs> but um, I just think it's clunky, and I probably haven't done enough oh. training in it. Okay. And for me, it's just it's hard for me to get to really what I want to get to. Huh. And I'm also just I like paper books. Huh. So I'm a paper book kind of guy. You're a Luddite. I know. And you're a, I know. you are a I know. anti-technology. No, I'm just kidding. You're not I, anti- yeah, so I use some, I actually tend to use some free online resources mm-hmm. more than I would even use my Logos. But I try to make sure that it's right and I'm connecting it yeah. with maybe some of the commentaries I might be reading as yeah. well and make sure what I'm seeing is right. But there's this one called Step Bible that I really like. Huh. Um, so stepbible.org is just a free website that, that I like to use. Mm-hmm. Um you know, as well as then Net Bible or just being able to easily look at different translations yeah. and the obvious things like Bible games. And I've, I've heard of um, GreekBible.com okay. uh, has been good. And I mean, there's great free stuff. Um, yeah. And I use Accordance. Yeah. And um, and I know people who, who love their Logos as well. And so I want to keep tracking with you on, on how Logos <laughs> is doing. Because it is, it's, it's, great. A, it's yeah. an investment, yes. right, that yes. you want to use and you want to use well. I mean, even like just your degree, you know, you want it, you want, that's an investment as well. And, exactly. uh, and I also like paper books. I've been trying to get more into, I want to do one episode on this about technology and yeah, the pastor. That'd be good. That'd be um, good. But, um, but I've got to learn more about technology. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So when you think about the process of going from passage to message, um, there's all kinds of things that are going to happen. I mean, you're, you're, you're spending time in the text, you're working with team, um, you then are thinking about your congregation, illustrations, things like that. What in this process like pumps you up and like gets you out of bed in the morning and you're like, yeah, I can't wait to do that. And then what are the things you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that later because I kind of, that either puts me in the fetal position or I sink whenever I'm thinking about that. Like what, so talk about what pumps you up first and then talk about what puts you in the fetal position. Yeah, I think I love the beginning and the end. <laughs> And it's the middle I hate. So, so what, what? How would you describe yeah, what yeah, I mean by that. that? Yeah. So the beginning, I love the study. I love just getting into the text itself. I like to. I actually like to print out if if we're going through a, a book study. I print out the text that I use on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then I just start marking up the page. You know, just with that's where yeah. I do my basic observations. Okay. And so I'll mark up the page and making my own personal observations putting little notes of things to dig into, trying to find where I'm, you know, how, how am I seeing this and try to find the big idea. Right. And then from there go into, um, you know, maybe I'm looking into some languages kind of stuff with my computer, but then going into some commentaries, yeah. reading commentaries, I try to find a really good balance of uh, more pastoral and more scholarly and, and just get a good blend of commentaries yeah. that I can read through. And, and so I love all that. That's great. And then we gather with team. And so the way we do this is we're working way months out. Months out, we gather with team. And then we, we do some of our own individual work. And then we talk together, this teaching team, mm-hmm. about it. And about, and you know, what's the big idea of that, of that passage? Where, mm-hmm. What are we trying to get to? We might have multiple points that illustrate it, but um, we want to have one point, one one main idea. Right. And so I love all of that. And then I love working with the creative team because what, what we do is the teaching team meets, we do even some individual work, and then we show up to a group of creative people that are both 
people on our staff as well as some volunteers within the church that can make the time to be there. And we gather and then we break out into little groups with whoever's teaching that text and just try and talk through uh, creative ideas, right? That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, so how many people, I mean, that, you know, not every pastor has, it would right. be great. Yeah, I've got these, how many people are on that team? Right. So yeah, we are blessed here. We do have a, a, a good staff where we can have about 15 people that are on the staff part of that team. Okay. So, okay, let, back up a little bit. So how yeah. large, how big is Calvary Church? So well, Calvary just, Church is a couple thousand people. A couple thousand people. Yeah. And so you have a kind of a media creative department. Correct. That yes. is staffed by how many folks? Yeah. So we've got about four in that, four or five in that department actually. And then, uh, then we bring in some of our youth ministry staff or just other people on staff that might have a creative bent. Got it. And uh, so then we bring all those folks in, and plus we invite some people from just the, the church community that we think, I mean, could have time. We do it in the morning. Yeah. So we spend a few hours, and we talk through. We, and so we make sure that the teaching pastor gives the, the direction of the content. Mm-hmm. So we call the meetings with the teaching team our content brainstorm. Okay. And then with the creative folks, we call it the creative brainstorm because we want to make sure that, that the creative is not leading the – Right. Interpretation. Right. <laughs> so we come in with the interpretation and we and and with the direction uh-huh. and then hey, help us to be able to make this, you know, more applicable yeah. for people. I love the collaboration. Yeah. I mean that just seems like there's great energy in yeah. that kind of collaboration and you get a great idea. It really is people have great a person has great idea, mm-hmm. but it is a team that really makes that shine. Really yeah. makes it makes it happen. So Absolutely. And then we're connecting, too, with different folks other than just my own perspective. I'm making sure we have some younger, older. We've got people of different ethnicities, male, female. Yeah, So we're yeah. getting ideas from different people than just a early 40s white white <laughs> male, you know? And <laughs> What's so, wrong with the early 40s yeah. white male, you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's been great. So then I go into a Monday with just a, you know, I'm sitting in that meeting just feverishly typing in my groups and then I go into a Monday with yeah. a lot more stuff. Yeah. So that pumps you up. Yeah, that part pumps me up. Okay. It's taking all that stuff and organizing it and putting it, you know, editing, getting it into a good flow and the actual just sort of maybe writing of the story per se yeah. you know, of the sermon. That part gets a little bit like, oh, I feel like I've got all this stuff. It's all good. Now yeah. I've got to just do the, it feels a little more mundane work of putting it together. Yeah, the editing. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly there's the creative it really is the guts of creativity, especially with the, you've got all this information, all yeah. this stuff, even the idea of where I want to go, what is the path to get there? Yeah. And all the while, while keeping a thousand people engaged. Yeah, exactly. Like it's one thing to write the seminar paper and get there, Yeah. but it's another thing to engage all of these people at the same time. If you heard that noise, I will tell you why. Yes. So it's 10.02 in the morning, and yeah. uh, we, 10.02, we pray for workers for the harvest at oh, cool. 10.02. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. Oh, that that's is. cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you turn off every, you turn your phone off, you turn your alarm off. But that's one alarm I can't turn off. Well, I that's turn great. It off. Yeah. That's good. Anyway. So <laughs> you, you have all of these, um, you have this place, uh, you have you have this, this team, and the guts of that creative process is it's you yep. and your wits yeah, in your in office, my office, my laptop, just yeah. you know, um, throwing you know spaghetti at the wall or whatever. Yeah, um, and 
so I remember with with Kelly, she would always ask, "How's it going? How's the sermon going?" And I'm like, "It's horrible." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you ever have day, you ever have moments like that where you're just like, "This is, I don't even know how this is going to happen by Sunday." Or yes, I I have those all the time. <laughs> I don't know if everybody else does or not, but I hope they do. Uh, but I have them all the time. And what's interesting is I think that sometimes when I think it's the worst, Sunday morning ends up being the best. Hmm. And and I've, I've almost learned. I don't think I've actually learned. <laughs> but I've almost learned to trust God. <laughs> but to trust God in that process and just to, uh, to see how he does bring about some of the things I think are are just not there mm. and then I'm amazed by what happens. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, so let's talk like where have you seen God kind of show up in a passage that you're just like I had no idea it was coming. And maybe we can start looking at a little mm-hmm. bit of um of what you were doing in Galatians 5 and um or or wherever you were at when uh when you felt like man, this God showed up in a big way and I was I was not anticipating it. Yeah, for me, I remember it was a sermon uh, I did on Galatians 4, 8 to 20, and I was talking about don't give up grace and return to religion. Hmm. And, uh, and I remember I, I was thinking about how to illustrate this this concept of you don't, don't go back to what you had. You've got the Judaizers, and you've got them coming in and saying, hey, you've got to have all these these works, these deeds, you need to incorporate the Jewish customs and laws, right? right? And and he's he's basically saying, don't give up this grace you've received and return to religion. And I was thinking about when I was young, when I was a kid, and and I had some pretty incredible things happen uh, to me in my life, like where uh, as a baby I was healed of leukemia. Hmm. So I was diagnosed with leukemia, and the elders of my church came in and laid hands over me in my little hospital bed as a baby, and. Uh, and prayed for me, anointed me with oil, prayed for me. And the next oh. round of testing, there was no sign of no cancer way. in my body. Just and I remember hearing one of your messages in this yeah. last season uh, where you were telling your story yeah. about telling that story and some of these things. So that's, man, that is awesome. So, keep so, so it's awesome. And then I had these incredible parents who were involved in ministry and just served the Lord so faithfully. And I think in a lot of ways, I felt like they were perfect and... Uh, I, you know, I would always hear about, oh, your mom saved our marriage. My mom was a therapist. Mm. My dad was a pastor and ran a nonprofit and people just so impacted by them. But I remember thinking as a young person, the way I thought about those miracles that happened in my life and how, and the family I grew up in, all, all this stuff is all good, right? But the way it felt to me was pressure. Hmm. And it was, uh, it was pressure to perform that I would be a good enough person mm. to live up to the miracles that had happened in my life wow. or, um, or, or how great my parents were. And that I would then go into a workspace mentality because of that. I, gotta, I have to earn uh, whatever that was from those things, the, the, even my past. I, yeah. have to, I have to live up to my past, but mm. I had to do it myself. Yeah. And so it was like, man, that just, I don't know if I'd really ever thought of it. Huh even that clearly before. And, if, and, and even during that time, you're preaching the sermon, you're thinking that thought, and you're getting, and you're having conversations about the possibility of being the next senior pastor yeah, here. Yeah, So yeah. No, no pressure. No, exactly, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I think that was June, and I, that was when the, the elders voted in, hmm. in both June and July wow. for me you know, on whether I would be the next senior pastor or not, that they would recommend me. And so that was all happening at the same time. Oh so I'm sure I was pretty messed up. Just a, se- <laughs> a season of just total evaluation, being yeah. evaluated. Yeah. And here you are 
preaching through Galatians about yeah, it's this gospel of freedom. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that show up? Like, how did God like? Where were you in the, your office? Like, was it a moment? Was it just kind of the whole thing, or um, was there a particular time or space or a, a weighty words that were? I, I'm fascinated by the idea uh, or the, the concept of how God communicates with us or mm, guides us in mm-hmm. that. Like, can you recall like any particular thing that it was? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one just struck me in my office, just mm. sitting at my desk, you know, and just I'm trying to, because I'm the worst with stories and illustrations in that process of trying to come right. up with them. And that's why I'm so grateful for team, because I'm sitting there racking my brain trying mm. to think of, you know, how can I think of some story, you know? And right. and I've been, tr- I remember even thinking, I want to be better at expressing my own personal life mm-hmm. story and helping this this congregation understand how I'm connecting with it, you know? And and in the midst of that, whatever it was, that just, that hit me. Wow. Um, and I do keep a, I do keep a list even of just, you know, a file called buckets and you just got a, mm. a list of, even personal illustrations that are good. Buckets. <laughs> that I think why, are, why buckets? Uh, it's just uh, things you something you store something in, okay. you know, but yeah. something that holds something else. It's uh, <laughs> uh. something I learned a long time ago at some seminar. But um, but yeah, it was it was good. So even scrolling through, like, hmm. oh, yeah, man, thinking about when I was healed and thinking about you know some of those stories. Huh. So so buckets. So it's a file on your computer. Mm-hmm. It just says buckets, and yep. it's just a bunch of documents. A bunch of documents that have different illustrations mm-hmm. and stories and. You know, I can try and search through and try mm-hmm. to have ones that are either just connected to topics, but also some that are um, uh, personal life. Yeah, yeah, just a rainy day yeah. for people like you know, people like you and me or me. I, I, I'm similar to you. I love the prep. I love the study. Yeah, love team. Um, I do love delivering the sermon. Yeah. but but like thinking about bringing it through your own life. Yeah, there's always this question about can. Can these people hear that? Are people going to be upset if I tell the story? What yeah. are my parents going to think? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I know. I do. Yeah, I remember telling my dad I was going to say that and him uh, kind of getting tears in his eyes uh, too, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, oh gosh. that's good. Yeah. yeah, so when you were in your Galatians passage, whether it's Galatians 5 or Galatians 4, like, yeah. what was, was there anything that kind of surprised you in the text? Like something that you were looking at and um, and you just like, well, I, I just hadn't seen that before. I hadn't, re- or I hadn't felt that before. Yeah, I remember... Uh, there was a, a a sermon on Galatians five one through twelve, and maybe I should actually have my Bible out. <laughs> but uh, I remember seeing uh, like a, a rhythm or a pattern in that text that I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. and so I ended up calling this sermon a maybe the most pretentious title I've ever given a sermon, uh, and it was "Stand Firm in the Freedom of Jesus." A three-movement symphony of the spirit. Oh, nice! <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of I liked it, but it was also a bit pretentious, I thought. But at the same time, what I saw was this rhythm of an mm. up and down, a positive, negative, three times through mm. this text, where Paul is just, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this affirmation and this positive, but then I'm gonna kind of mm. smack you at the same time, you know, after that." And so is this this movement of keep standing firm, hmm. keep standing firm in what Jesus has done, not yourself. And if you if you do that of yourself, then you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some of the biggest smacks ever. I mean, he hmm. basically starts getting into castration at yeah. the end. Right, right. That's, <laughs> this idea um, you would emasculate yourself. Yeah. You know, you want to be circumcised. Hey, 
you really want to be obedient, then you know, yeah, let's just take it all take, the way. Take the tip off. Yeah, take the whole thing <laughs> exactly. off. Little little circumcision humor. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, that's I, I don't know if you can really have a stronger yeah. condemnation of a group of people, huh. of these troublers, these hmm. whether that was the Judaizers or these people trying to bring in those yeah. customs, right? Yeah. And and so for them to really trying to help the congregation see. Okay, he's got affirmations for yeah. us, but at the same time, yeah, keep this on the gospel of freedom. So, how did you bring that? Obviously, the world of first century Paul, early Jesus movement, Judaizers, people who love Jesus but wanted to require Torah obedience, right? How, like that's the first century horizon. As you thought about the horizon of your congregation, like how does that come out? Like, what are the parallels? What, where were? What, how did you? What were the analogous things to your congregation that you kind of? Yeah. Um, if Paul is railing against this, you know, does are are you pounding the pulpit, Eric? And you know. Yeah. 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 We we were pounding the pulpit on on a lot of things. We were going through some changes, even in. You know, I'm sure no pastors have gone through changes with like worship music styles oh, yeah. hey, and things like easy. that. But uh, you know, that's where I think we were really trying to help our congregation also see. Look, don't give up your gospel mission mm-hmm. for consumer comfort. That if we want things to be the way we want them to be versus what's best, or I should say I, I want things the way I want things to be versus what is best for the body. Mm. Uh, and, and for us to think through the, the gospel as preeminent and yeah. us putting Christ forth for people versus just to have things our way. So we were kind of pounding the table on on some of that for sure. Mm. Um, and then... And then, like I was talking about earlier, we were really hitting on this thing of of pleasing God through our through our good works, through our obedience, mm-hmm. and um, and even trying to make sure, hey, let's not let's not mess up, let's not combine um, some of kind of American consumerism and even mm-hmm. American politics mm-hmm. into our Christianity. But because I think that. You know, he talks about false teaching and don't give up the, you know, the truth for these kind of like sweet words of false mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think for some of us, that's even fundamentalism or that's these, these, this works based huh. kind of fundamentalism, not just fundamentalism, but right. really I, it feels good for me to just let me do these things huh. and I know I've got it and I yeah. don't have to worry about the heart or, yeah. or, or the gospel. And so we were trying to do that. Now for others, it's, you're deconstructing everything and you know we need to make sure we're building it up on the truth of the, of right. the scriptures yeah so, anyway. oh it's yeah. good it's it's yeah. good it's great to hear thinking about that especially in you know a um orange county conservative probably largely republican yeah um area and and church environment in kind of this post-election season to you know how how are as a church how are we processing right a, a trump presidency and um, really, how are we processing that? And um, what are we holding on to in the midst of that um, when it has not been as evangelical as right. um, as people might have voted, essentially? You know, right. like equating your vote with the evangelical world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm sure those are rough waters to navigate at totally, times. Totally, totally. And so, and, and so wherever you're at in that spectrum, even, you know, that we put Christ first, right? That we are, yeah. we're followers of, of Christ, our King, not no doubt. <laughs> Trump or Hillary or whoever, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Last, last question. Okay. So just staying fresh, 
like you've been at this for um, 15 years at this church, mm-hmm. right? 16. 16 yeah. at this church. Sorry. Seven at a previous. And, yeah. And, yeah. So you've been doing ministry for yeah. a couple decades now, yeah. at least. Um, how do you stay fresh? How are you just staying fresh? How are you staying um, refreshed? Um, what are you doing for, for yourself in this? Yeah. Uh, I really try to make sure that uh, I actually love the whole the whole Rick Warren uh, divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. I don't know if you've heard that. No, I haven't. So it's it's great. So you know you've got your. It just helps me think through. Mm. Okay, my my daily t- like shorter times of just prayer and devotion with the Lord. Right, you, you've got that. Um, but then to have some more extended, if that's prayer or time in the Word. But yeah. for me, the, the time in the words is maybe easier, and I need to make sure that I'm just spending time just with God in silence and solitude. And so I even try to make sure I, I spend some good chunks of time. I'm looking forward to in about a month from now, I'm going to do a five-day solitude retreat oh. and just be in prayer for a vision for our church and my own just my own relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And so that's huge, right? Uh, so that, that rhythm of life uh, is yeah. part of how I stay fresh. But, you know, then the other thing of I, I want to keep challenging myself mm-hmm. too, and that's part of why – I'm taking classes at Fuller right. and doing the the languages, or you know, being a person that's been in ministry for 20 years, and I'm just in a like a basic Old Testament class, yeah. and I'm learning stuff. Hmm. It's good, very, and cool. it's sharpening me. Took that Bible interpretation class, yeah. and I think I've been on autopilot on how I was interpreting huh. scripture for a while. Yeah, you know, you get five years beyond your seminary degree, and you right. start to just, I feel like I, in some ways, forgotten how or why I was doing mm. the things I was doing, I was just doing them. Yeah. And then this stuff is has helped me. And then I've even recently too, um, just just started, basically I had one, we put things on hold for a while, but to get a, a preaching coach. Huh. So uh, hired a guy uh, who does this, uh, and then, and we are like basically meet over Skype about once a month to talk through my previous sermon and, you Very know, cool. and then, and talk through, why and how I'm doing things because it's again I've just gotten yeah I think probably for a lot of people out there you after a while you don't really remember how or why you do something you just do it right, right? it's just right it's part of your life yeah it's just part, part of, of your life. life and so we're trying to incorporate even here um, starting soon when after the installation yeah. uh, is where we've got this this teaching team where we're working on development yeah. so uh, we haven't been doing as much of that developing each other but mm. we're gonna start watching the sermon uh, from the day before on a Monday, oh. watching it together, talking oh. it through. We're going to talk through, <laughs> I know, talking through the whoever's coming up next right. week in the outline right. and really trying to um, get into some good just leadership huddle groups together and talking uh, through a book or a podcast. Or, yeah. I think this podcast could be great fodder Hey, for there you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> tell be, a friend. Yeah. Tell, it could be, I think it's a great idea, though, to have teaching teams listen to an episode and then yeah. say, hey, let's talk through how this worked for us. Yeah, this yeah. I think this would be a ver- really valuable one, especially if people are thinking about putting a teaching team together. Yeah. Um, what could be some of the things with that? Now, if anybody wants to hear uh, an Eric Wakeling special, a sermon, uh, like where can they go to listen to yeah. your stuff? So everything's on our website at calvarylife.org. Okay, and we'll so, put that in the show notes. Yeah, sounds good. And then they can, they can watch the video of all the sermons. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good luck. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good, Eric. So glad that you were able to take time to be on the podcast. And it's just, it's great to see you in your digs and thriving and this next season of ministry ahead of you. So, uh, so we're just, we hope praying for blessings on you guys. Thank you. You too.
Hey, we hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eric Wakeling, the next senior pastor at Calvary Church of Santa Ana. If you would like to hear one of Eric's messages, you can go to calvarylife.org where you can hear any of the teaching team's messages from Calvary. Uh, In the show notes, there are links to some of the things we talked about, particularly like GTI Tours, a great tour group if you're interested in going to Israel or Turkey or Greece or walking any of those footsteps. Um, Also, uh, Eric mentioned stepbible.org, Logos Bible Software, and then places where he has received training like Talbot School of Theology and Fuller Theological Seminary. Both of those, or all of those, will be available and links to those in the show notes. So, Hope you are being encouraged by what we're doing here at The Teaching Pastor. If you are and um, you have the means, go to our Patreon site and give a dollar or $5 a month. Dip into that professional development cash that you have that you've been saving and wondering, how am I going to use this? Uh, Anyhow, uh, we're stoked that you're using and um, coming to The Teaching Pastor. A couple things that would be helpful is subscribe on iTunes or go and leave a review for the podcast on iTunes that will raise our profile. Um, But we've been really excited about the listenership that we're getting and um, the downloads that we've been seeing. Uh, If you would like to, I would love to hear who's listening. Um, Send me an email at uh, theteachingpastor at gmail.com. Theteachingpastor at gmail.com. I'd love to hear who's out there and where we're reaching. So, um, yeah, love to hear from you. Um, But until then, we will see you the next time on The Teaching Pastor.